guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, today is a solo episode, it's sort of a, a recap episode comparing some of the products and techniques recommended from some of the guests we've had on thus far. So let me know what you think, here it is. Alright, let's get into it. Um, we've interviewed some pretty big names so far, so I sat down and compared the way that they all tackle the restoration, the tools and the paint that they prefer. I thought I'd put it all together and see what seems to be the most popular. Um, if we start at the beginning, like the way that a car is taken back to bare steel, the dipping seems to be pretty popular. I can definitely see the advantages of it. Um, unfortunately, we don't have anyone that dips full shells here, so we don't have any first-hand experience, but I assume it's the same as any process. There's always going to be pros and cons, and I guess just make sure you use a reputable dipper. Um, because your biggest concern, I guess, would be that it's been neutralized correctly and won't cause delamination and make sure it's all 100% removed from every seam um, so it's not going to creep out later down the, down the track and cause any dramas. So there's um, there's so many ways you could you could take a project back to metal. I guess the biggest, biggest thing is going to be client budget. Um, if it was an open checkbook, I guess you could de-skin every single panel um, but yeah, like I say, it's it's working within the parameters of the, the client budget. So the car's into bare metal. Um, it was pretty unanimous that repairs are going over epoxy primer from all our guests. Um, I think the days of repairs over bare metal were probably numbered. The PPG 2050 primer was mentioned in a few episodes. As far as I can tell, we can't get this product in Australia. There was a guy on a forum also looking for this product in Australia and I was ch chatting with him and yeah, he can't seem to find it either, but um, the product we use, and it's very popular in Australia and New Zealand, is PPG's Epotec, the 408 epoxy in grey-green. I am planning on running the same shrinkage test that Colton Davidson from Linear ran. Um, I've just had my wet film gauge turn up that I ordered, so I'll run these tests shortly and see how it performs compared to the 2050. The other epoxy I want to compare is that um, we had Peter Lamb from Mala Motive. I want to See if I can get my hands on some of his resto epoxy and, and see how this one performs. Alright. Alright, so the car's now all gapped up. The metal repairs are all done. Fabrication's all done. It's all sitting in a natural position. Um, ideally with, say, door rubbers and that in. Um, it's all sealed in epoxy. From here, we move on to body filler. Um, we run our body filler over scales, and I suggest you run your body filler over scales. It's... Um, it's all now curing and shrinking at, at a uniform rate. The top fillers that the guests suggested was uh, 3M Platinum Plus, which seemed to be pretty popular. The uh, 3M Platinum Select, uh, Rage Ultra, the Upol One Fill, and the Upol Fantastic Filler. That's the one we run. A um, couple of things I like about the, the Fantastic Filler, it's, it's hot here in Western Australia. Um, with the Fantastic Filler, you can drop the mixing ratio to 1%. Uh, most other brands are a minimum of two, so it allows us a bit more work time before it kicks off. Um, it sands great. It, it doesn't matter if you've left it overnight. It still sands very easily the, the next day when it's fully cured. So all the, the body work's now done. Um, this is where things get a little bit divided. Some of the guests are going straight into a urethane primer. Others are going into a polyester primer, and then... Uh, there's the guests that, um, yeah, they're using that 2050 product that pops up here quite often. 
Um, the way we go about it, we'll, we'll go back into epoxy here, uh, over the filler. I, I find the seals off the filler really well. Um, creates a barrier between the filler and the polyester. It's one last chance to ensure that the, the job's razor straight. Can guarantee that there's no 80 grit scratches left and it's much easier to pick up any pinholes here. Um, we'll now block the epoxy down with say 120, 180, dial in all the body lines and get it ready for the next step. So now the epoxy is all blocked down, um, it's ready to go into primer. Some of the guests will use a, a urethane primer here. Uh, I'm more inclined to use uh, a polyester or, or a product with, with a high solid content that's actually designed for build and has a lower shrinkage percentage rate. Um, the product we use is that Australian made resto finish polyprimer from Melomotive. Um, I mentioned we had Pete Lamb on from Melomotive in an earlier episode. We cover that product and yeah, just head over and check that one out. It's, it's a fantastic product. Um, so now this primer is left to fully cure. It's ready for prep. So I guess we can talk about, uh, about blocks here. So I've interviewed uh, most of the block manufacturers. Our guests that we've had on, they use a range of big kid blocks, true blocks, lucky mats, malamotive splines, linear blocks, dura blocks, fucking homemade blocks. It really comes down to the individual here. Uh, what you're used to, what feels natural in your hand. It just really does come down to choosing the right block for the right job. Um, get the right length, the right flexibility for the surface specific that you're blocking. So I wanted to get on um, a lot of the block manufacturers on the show before really announcing that uh, we actually manufacture a line of uh, blocks where I'm working the, at the Bling Garage. They're called the Blocks by Bling Garage. Um, some of the advantages of the Bling Blocks, they, there was a lot of R&D that went into these um, blocks, into material selection. Um, so it's super durable, super flexible, and it's also solvent proof. Um, I invested heavily with Big Kid Blocks. Um, I've pretty much got every single um, block that they offer. And in two years, I've probably broken like five blocks that's just dropping them off, off my toolbox or they slip out of my hand. Um, they do have a polycarbonate set, which is stronger. Um, I grabbed a set of those, but I also destroyed one of those blocks. Um, I'd left sandpaper on it and... Um, the glue was left behind so tried to wipe it off with some solvent and it absolutely destroyed the block so you could literally leave the bling blocks in a tub of thinners if you want um, they're completely solvent proof um, they run a foam handle um, acting like a spine giving you even pressure distribution down the center um, the spines also a real nice handle for those transitioning from dura blocks gives you that same sort of feel as a dura block in your hand and um, yeah, if you're transitioning to to sort of the acrylic style of blocking, it, it can be a bit awkward and feel a little bit different. But yeah, the bling blocks, having that handle sort of bridges that gap and, and they're a nice handle to, to grab hold of. So if you are in the market for some sanding blocks, um, yeah, head over to theblinggarage.com.au or um, follow the links on the, the Bling Garage Instagram. Um, we're going to run a promo for those that we're giving 15% off those blocks because of this um, podcast. Just jump on that website, um, use the the code podcast15 and score yourself a set of um, sick bling blocks today. All right, back into it. So the car is fully blocked down now. Um, 
be very surprised if there's not any breakthroughs here. So there's a few options to choose from. You could spot prime the breakthroughs. Um, you could reprime the entire vehicle with urethane or epoxy primer. Um, or you could jump straight to a wet on wet or a sealer. Um, we've tried to avoid the wet on wet as much as possible. Um, I feel like you get a lot of dieback. Um, you sacrifice gloss with the wet on wet. The base coat and the clear sort of follows the texture of the wet on wet and you end up with that, that egg shelly sort of not in that grainy effect. Um, if you've got the entire vehicle bolted together and you're doing the panels on the car, that wet on wet always travels under a soft edge tape um, further than your base coat would, so you end up having to paint the inside edges again. And if you miss any of the dirt denibs in the wet on wet, um, you never get rid of them. Um, they always seem to, to stand up higher than any base coat. As soon as you go to colour sand and buff, you're going to see those little spots straight away. I know it's time consuming, but yeah, if you're going for that, that perfect finish, I'd definitely reprime here. Um, if, if you're running a transparent top coat and you're worried about coverage, I probably prefer to run, say, the, the grey shade or an appropriate ground coat in the base coat. Um, running it in base coat rather than wet on wet, um, it just allows you to not sacrifice the gloss, you're still going to get the coverage here and, and you can work it slowly. So the car's ready for paint. Um, I asked all the guests what their recommended paint manufacturer was. We had everything from PPG, Gladrit, Sickens, De Beer, Chromax, Valspar, Speedseeker. Um, PPG was well in front, um, roughly 70% of the guests using PPG. Gladrit was, was second, about 20% using Gladrit or RM. Um, it was a fairly even split for the for the remainder. You know, painters are painters are a funny creature. They um, they get defensive of their paint manufacturers. It's a bit of a joke. I've I've got a Pete the cartoon painter from PPG. He's ripping the head off a Glazer parrot. Um, I just got it to to piss off my hardcore Staz staunch Glazer mates. Um, what's even funnier is is where I'm working at the Bling Garage. We're actually a Glazer shop. So my, uh, my mates always make it a point to, uh, to rub that one in. Um, I think it's a bit different in the collision industry. You, you need a system that um, provides excellent, excellent color match and, and a fast drying clear that is going to man, um, match manufacturer's vertical peel. But I can guarantee moving into the rest of the world where um, everything gets color sanded and polished, you could do test panels with, with any of those manufacturers, whether they're first tier, second tier. Um, and once they're fully cured and, and sanded and polished, I'd eat my hat if you could identify which one's which. So I guess it comes down to, um, to distributor support, product knowledge, um, a proven track record from the paint manufacturer. Um, I was surprised to hear that, that people weren't flow coding um, and that it wasn't a common process amongst the guests but I do see the advantages of um, stacking clear especially when you're when you're starting the cutting process aggressively um, the polishing was a bit of a mixed bag um, people using rotary polishes DA polishes foam pads wool pads so it was all over the show um, I did try Stephen um, Tabone's recommendation of the Bigfoot with the wool pad and the coarse compound. I was very impressed with this, um, with the method and the results. But yeah, it was a, that's a nice way to bring things up. I'll definitely be uh, trying this method um, a few more times. All right, guys, so that's the first solo one for a while. 
Hope you're enjoying the content. Um, if you are, share it around with your friends and colleagues. Um, make sure you give the Insta page a like. Um, don't forget, if you're in the market for some blocks, um, head over, check out the Bling Garage on Insta or head over to that website. Um, don't forget to use that discount code and get yourself some blocks. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.